Welcome to Yoga Wisdom. Questions about how to live your yoga in daily life answered by Integral Yoga founder Sri Swami Sachidananda. Love is something different, attachment is something different. I'm trying to make it more clear because very many times I see people misunderstanding this. By being detached, not that you ignore the person, not that you don't love, you love for the sake of love, not with any expectation. It is a, it is a higher level. Attachment means you love for the sake of your enjoyment. If you miss that, you lose the love. You don't love anymore. It is that sort of love we see very often. And I say, I love you. And suppose she says in detail, I do not love you, you are hurt. You expect her also to love you. That means you expect something in return for your love. That's not a true love. Love for the sake of love. Then that is not attachment. That is pure love. So in other ways to make things short, and to understand what attachment means, means if by any chance you lose anything or you do not get anything and if you are unhappy, your relationship with, with that thing or person is called attachment. That's all. Have this definition. Whenever you feel unhappy over anything, that shows you had attachment towards that. If you do not have the attachment, if you are completely detached, you can never be unhappy. And with that balance of mind, you can be more useful to the person. As I give the example of a doctor, operating on his child. If the doctor is attached to the child, he can never perform the operation very well. He may even hesitate to do the operation. He will ask somebody else to come and operate. Because he loves that child so much. So the anxiety, attention is built up. Oh, if anything goes wrong, it's my child. I don't know what will happen. Even a cry from the child will make the doctor shake his hands. But he can operate on any other child easily, comfortably, with all ease. There's no tension. Why the difference? Here it is my child and that anxiety is there. 
So you see, the mind or the attachment builds up anxiety. And that makes you lose your capacity, lose your judgment, as in the case of a judge who tries to pass judgment over one of his own relation. In the case, expecting some sort of judgment. So whether it is judgment or operation or whatever it be, if you have some relationship with somebody with a sort of attachment, you lose the balance. And your action will not be perfect. So it is in this respect, in this sense, we should understand the definition Yogaha Karmasu Kaushalam. That means yoga is perfection in action. Your actions can be perfect only if you are completely free from attachment. With attachment, you can never perform a perfect act. It's 100% certain. It is impossible. You will always lean to your side. You will lose your balance. You will lose your sense of judgment. That is why a true action, a perfect action means the one that is done with a serene, fully equalized, balanced mind. And this sort of detachment is taught to us by the nature through our relationship with the nature in our daily life. Whether we want it or not, we are taught. Because wherever we go with attachment, we get a blow back. So the nature teaches us to detach. This is the fundamental principle behind all the different systems or philosophies or religions, whatever term you use. Detachment, detachment. A South Indian saint, a lady saint, once said, When can a man liberate? Was the question. And she just said, Atradu patranil utradu vidu. It's in Tamil language. Very simple, but it has the entire essence of the entire scriptures. This is the basic. Atradu patranil. Patru means attachment. Atradu means without. If the attachment ceases, Uttradu there is liberation. Where there is detachment, there you see liberation. Moksha or liberation or nirvana, it's all different terms. 
We all want liberation, detachment from all this pleasure and pain and sorrow and sufferings. What is the secret? Detachment. So, whenever you come across any difficulty, any suffering, any sorrow in this life, whatever it be, just analyze why this has happened. You will always find the answer as your attachment. Invariably that will be the answer. So let us remember this. This is a very useful hint. If we can apply this in our life, I don't think anyone or anything can make us unhappy in this world. And I'm sure everybody wants to be happy. No one wants to be unhappy. So it's worthwhile trying this fact in our life. Yes, sir. How would you take attachment to compassion? Oh, yes. Fine. Compassion is another aspect of love. You can be compassionate and you must be compassionate. In your compassion there is no personal interest involved. See, many a times we hear people saying, oh, we are really compassionate over those poor children and we have to bring them together and we have to to take care of them and so on. It's fine. But even in doing that service, if we expect some name or fame, or there are people sometimes, even in that service, they try to make money over it. Then it is no more compassion. In the, in the covering of compassion, you are trying to achieve something. That is attachment. Pure compassion is you give. You can even give your life for the sake of other person. But nobody need to know that. Because compassion is one of the great virtues which governs our entire life. We must be compassionate. But at the same time we should not be attached. You put yourself in the other man's position and you feel the suffering for his sake. And you go out of the way to make him happy in all possible ways.
that is compassion. But you don't expect anything in return. So the compassion is another form of love. So we should have compassion. Yes, sir. Desirelessness need not make you inactive. When I say desirelessness, we can never be desireless. If a man is completely desireless, he will die. Because we are living with a desire to live. Even living is not possible if you do not have the desire to live. It is your desire to live that pulls the breath back into your nostrils. Remember that. The desire of the breath is to run out. That's what once a saint said, isn't it something mysterious and miraculous to see a man living? <laughs> the other man asked, how? Why are you saying this? Well, it's just logic. See, to fill in some air into a balloon, You pump it in, and then you tie the neck, then the air is there. And there is no wonder the air is inside the balloon, because there is no way of escaping. There are no holes in the balloon. So a balloon that is completely covered retains its air. But just imagine a balloon with about nine holes around and still it retains the air inside. Will it not be a miracle? Huh? Blow up a balloon, prick nine holes on that and still the balloon is in the same shape the air is inside. Don't you think that it is something mysterious? Huh? That's it. Are we not balloons with nine holes and still the air is retained inside? Hmm? Two nostrils, two eyes, mouth, ears, count. Navadvara Puri says the scripture. Navadvara means nine hold. There is a nine hold baggage. 
and there is ample opportunity for the air to run out escape but still it is there that's why we are living so it is a mystery and it is a miracle to see a man living than dying so why the life force the air stays in the body why it comes back again and again the doctors or those who studied anatomy might say oh it is the involuntary set of muscles that expand the chest and the, the chest cavity and so the lung expands and when the expansion is there there is vacuum created and because of the vacuum to fill in the vacuum the air rushes in and so on and so forth <laughs> they can repeat all our <laughs> anatomy well i would like to ask that person what do you mean by involuntary action an unconscious desire to live i say there is an unconscious desire to live why do you have the desire to live because you don't want to die Why do you think that you don't want to die? Have you ever <coughs> experienced death before? Yes. <laughs> we have died before, that's why we don't want to die now. That answers the pre-incarnations. The Abhinivesa says the patanjali yoga sutra i should not talk too much of patanjali's yoga sutra today because i have see a face a, a great authority on patanjali yoga sutra in this group today probably it is he who makes me think of patanjali more often patanjali says abhinivesa that means the fear of death even the sages have that fear of death and the very fear of death is the answer for our having lived before and died we lived before and we died we felt the agony of dying so we do not want to die again so we want to live continuously that's why the air comes in again and again so it is an unconscious desire so again coming back to the point if a man is completely desireless he is no more there so how can we be dear desireless then impossible even god says god incarnated as krishna he says even i having come into the body and assumed a body and accepted a name krishna i should have desire and i must act i can be without acting 
says Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita. When Arjuna asked this same question, what Lord, you say detachment, to be desireless, then why do you want me to fight the war? Why do you want me to take the bow and arrow? I can be just quiet. Then the Lord says, Arjuna, it is impossible. Nobody can ever be actionless. Even breathing is an action. So that means you have to do something and to do something there is a desire behind. So we can never be desireless. So it seems to be a bit of contradiction. As long as we have desire, the attachment is there. How can I be detached and at the same time have desire? That's his question. Here we have to understand the different variety of desires. There are two kinds of desires. One is a personal desire. The other one is an impersonal desire. You can be desireless as long as you live. So, when you cannot be desireless, have some desires, but let them not be personal desires. Our desires based on selfishness. So desire to serve others. Let all your desires be in serving others. Even you are living, if you desire to live, okay. If you desire to eat, eat. If you desire to have a comfortable apartment, have. But why? Why do you want to live? Why do you want to eat? Why do you want to have an appointment? The answer must be, I want to live to serve others. Oh, is it so all right? It is an impersonal desire, you can have it. I want to eat so that I can have enough energy, strength to serve people. I see, okay, then you can have a cup of milk, come on. Few minutes before my coming here, I didn't think of having something to drink or eat. I, I, was, I thoroughly forgot about it. All of a sudden I thought, what is this? I'm going to talk for about two hours. How can I? Then I immediately asked Paramesh to give me a cup of milk. So that milk makes me talk to you now. So I drank the milk, not for my sake, but for your sake. See? So you can eat, you can sleep, you can marry, you can even beget children, fine. 
If your idea is to bring forth some nice beautiful children to the world, great saints and sages, yes, that is how in those days the mothers begot, got children before they even conceived this. What sort of child I should have? What sort of child the world needs? What a type of child my village needs? Oh, there must be a brilliant boy. There are so many children around. I must have a nice child to come and educate them, teach them, show them something nice. In those days the queens had their children to rule the country. I must have a nice child who will be loved by every citizen of this country, who would rule the country as a heaven. With that ambition, they had their babies. So even to have a baby is not personal desire. So if you see in this light, you can have everything in this world. But all those things ultimately should help you in serving others, not for your personal satisfaction. That is where again the Bhagavad Gita says, at one point Sri Krishna says, if anybody cooks food for his own belly, he is a thief, he is a sinner. Gita says, the sacred universal scripture. Don't think that Bhagavad Gita is a, a, a scripture for one particular religion. No, not at all. Though it, it comes from the Hindu faith, it's not a Hindu scripture alone. It is a universal one. It has been translated in almost all the different languages. It's next to Bible, I should say. in number of translations. So the Gita says, even if you cook for your own sake, you are a thief. The very same word he uses. Why? You are trying to possess something that really belongs to the entire nature. You have no business to take it for you. Because the nature gives you air, water, and food, everything. So you should not keep it for yourself. You have to give it back to others. So you cook to eat, to have strength to serve others. Not to satisfy your tongue. How many cookbooks we have? Even before we think of cooking, we get saliva in the mouth. Ah, delicious, I'm going to... Huh? It's the tongue and tongue and tongue, tongue controls. So all our desires should be based on others' benefit.
So we cannot be without desire. We will have desires. So let us convert our desires to be selfless desires. Then we can be called desireless people. Because it's not for our selfish. enjoyment. That should be. That is the difference between the personal desire and an impersonal desire. A selflessness and selfishness. Thanks for listening to this Integral Yoga Multimedia Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe. For more information on Sri Swami Satchidananda and Integral Yoga, please visit us online at integralyoga.com dot org